everyone, and welcome to Revisit and Ruin, the show where we revisit something from our childhood and most likely ruin our memories of it. I'm your host, Max, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, CM. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you were ready to jump on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my own name. Okay, well, uh, we'll do that next time. <laughs> um, guys, uh, this week we uh, stayed true to our preview from last week. We watched slash rewatched The Page Master. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is not the theme song for the page master. Um, you know, we should actually go over uh, uh, the movie a little bit in case you forgot. Um, we start off with uh, uh, Richard, right? Is Richard his Tyler. Name? His name is Richard. Richard Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Um, we find out that this kid is uh, scared of most things. Um, has no friends. Has no friends. Um, his parents don't really like him. Uh, what? <laughs> they do. We'll get into it He's later. an ass. No. Um, so, so the parents try to help him, but they don't know how to. The kids, the kids, smarter than the parents situation. So, um, he finds himself um, uh, on a stormy night uh, at a library, um, and uh, through the course of movie magic, uh, he becomes transported to a world uh, of books and um, uh, literary uh, uh, imagination. Um, and he is tested uh, through different stages of uh, literature. It's, it's basically Wizard of Oz. It's totally Wizard of Oz. It's the Wizard of Oz with a male figure, a boy, and then his three friends that he meets along the way that he learns a lesson from and who learn from him. So it's it's the Wizard of Oz, basically, but with... Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, and over the uh, course of the movie, he finds courage mm -hmm. and uh, what friendship is, and he uses um, his imagination. He he. Uh, well, there's a lot. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but oh, there's mean, you yeah. have horror, you have fantasy. <laughs> this movie's 25 years old. It's oh, like, true. Yeah, it's fine. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, you have horror, fantasy, and adventure. Adventure is very much taking chances. You have horror, which is not being scared, and then fantasy is the strength of your imagination, yeah. I think. And that's just my opinion. That was beautiful. Oh my god, I am so <laughs> smart. Um, basically, then, at the end of the movie, um, uh, Richard is ready to uh, take on life, and he finds friends. Um, and that's kind of the movie, uh, just very, very uh, uh, briefly. Um, very brief. Now, unlike the last movie we covered... The Indian in the cupboard, which we shat all over. Uh, shot. Yeah, it's it's not the greatest of movies. Um, I remember a pretty good childhood connection with this. Um, this was one of the better ones. It was very obviously. I even remember like the look of it was different. You know when like uh, I don't think we saw it in the theaters. This was definitely a VHS movie. Yeah. Um, watching it, I remember thinking like, oh, this doesn't look like a typical Disney movie. Um, it's not, as far as I'm aware. Um, the animation is. The the animation is Disney? It's it's um, the gentleman who directed the animation of this film is a director from Disney Animation. But the animation house is not Disney. I don't think so. So. I couldn't find that anywhere, even online. So if you guys know, write us in and tell us, because I couldn't even. Not a Disney movie. Yeah. But like, no, I it's not a Disney film. That was pretty apparent when I was a kid. Yeah. But like, even with that. Watching it and, you know, appreciating uh, uh, the, the script, the characters, like, it was, it's a very vibrant movie in my memory. Yeah, same for me. When I was a little kid growing up, I, I don't remember seeing it in the, the theater either. I probably, my most, like, 
clear memory is seeing the toys because there was a lot of products from it. I remember seeing plush toys of the of the books. Oh yeah. And from that, I saw Fantasy, who is basically a fair godmother like character, um, with a lot of sass, played by Whoopi Goldberg. I remember seeing that, and that's what got me interested in finding out who she was and what is happening. Why does this book have a face on it with, um, I guess, 60-esque glasses? Mm -hmm. They have the little cat eye, I guess, going on. Oh, yeah. She has kind of like a library look as well. Yeah. Like, She's uh, like a librarian. librarian. She's a sassy librarian that's also a fairy godmother. They're playing against type. It's like a sassy African-American woman with a pink library book. It's it's hilarious. It's I, probably my favorite part. It's so funny because, like, and we'll get I'm more into specifics. I'm sorry. Was I finished? Oh. <laughs> oh. wait wait excuse me so no my whole point was it's from there when i actually found the film and i watched it <laughs> he's looking at me he's gonna kill me we had one rule for this podcast today we're not being Don't mean be mean to each other i wasn't other. being mean but i wasn't finished either right am i right peeps i'm right no you're just you're gonna be the asshole of the podcast no. go ahead go ahead Make yourself no, i was just gonna say that when i was growing up i i was a very lonely kid and all i had was my imagination and books and music oh so you being an asshole stems from a dark childhood i'm a victim you were lonely i'm a victim yeah well no you're not a victim anyway um uh overall reaction to rewatching this movie was it was so surprising like this movie was good yeah this movie is good it's really good i i, I, I was i was amazed uh the i actually wrote i wrote in my notes just this movie is fucking cool like it's a good idea i you know you're right it's the wizard of oz translated yeah. not even for like for boys i would say like in a weird way you know something a little bit more um neutral in a way definitely neutral because well for many reasons there's um there's a bullying scene like all those kid films that start out like that but in this one in particular, I noticed it was several different kids, one of which they they picked a girl, which back in the 90s, I don't ever remember seeing very often in children's films, the bullies ever being girls, for me anyways, growing up. I didn't see many of those. So the idea that they had a girl pop up and say something mean to him, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, that kind of caught me off guard. If we're going back to the 90s and like very typical gender stereotypes, they probably just wanted to like really drive home how pathetic this kid was. Oh, no. That he got bullied by girls. I'm not saying that, you know, it's anything other than, you know, the you know, whatever. It's the no. 90s. Guys, we're reviewing no. 90s but movies. I have to say the first thing that caught me when I was watching it was the music. Immediately, the theme oh, of well, it. Uh, hey, I wasn't done with overall reactions. Oh, I'm oh. so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Let's just, uh, all I'm going to say otherwise is just like really brief things. The voice cast is amazing. Mm -hmm. The script is great. Mm -hmm. um, and even the animation, I said it's kind of like the top of like that second tier animation. Disney kind of has like the real estate for that first tier. It is the very top of that second tier of animation. Your overall reactions. CM. I loved it. I cried a little bit. <laughs> oh, you totally... That was in my notes. That's literally my last note. Shut up. It caught crying? me off guard. <laughs> Anyways. No, like, from the very beginning, it, it got me with the music, and I was just like, oh, this is, like, really good. It's not synthesized music. It's not, like, like a, a TV movie music or quality. It, like, And it makes sense, because then as I'm watching it, I'm hearing, like, not necessarily full themes, but, like the same instruments or the same feel and it turned out that the music was actually composed by James Horner who actually composed the music for Star Trek 2 The Wrath of Khan 
Titanic, and Avatar. Oh, Avatar doesn't fit that list of your favorite movies of all time. No, not at all. But I was a huge fan of Titanic. Mm. Like, huge growing up. I had the double VHS cassette tape. Oh, okay, well. Well, anyways, (laughs) it was the music that got me. And then as I was watching it, I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, no. I remember more and more I started finding why I connected with this movie as a kid. And still, even as an adult, not remembering the full movie... I still remember um, small segments of it that when we were watching, it was like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. I think maybe that's what got me at the end. And I got a little teary eyed with their little theme song and stuff and stuff. Yeah, that definitely was like a super emotional moment. That's like that that move that bus moment. Yeah. You know, where it's like the family sees their new house and like you're just forced to cry. That was that moment. It was great. It was great. But anyways, I mean, to be more specific, anyways, the the character of Richard Tyler, who's played by, yeah, by Macaulay Culkin... Let's totally start with, with him. ...is really great in this movie. It's... He is... Okay. So, This they, is probably before Michael Jackson, but... No, no, no. It's 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 in... I think it might even be, like, a little after... Um, Home Alone? He, uh, well, it's definitely after Home Alone. Um, this is... Yeah. Regardless of anything, this is prime, like, Mac Attack. Mac is Mac just... Attack? Yeah, I think that's what they called it. Mac Attack. Did they really? I think so. I don't know. Guys, write in. Do you remember Mac Attack? I didn't do Mac Attack. Um, I don't know what Well, that no. Is. Macaulay Culkin was like the top... He was like the it kid. He was the child <laughs> actor. And honestly, I think this movie shows you why. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm not saying anything... Uh, I'm not trying to say like it's only him. The writing of this character is good. Like usually child characters... They're always just like either pathetic or uh, really cool. That's it. There's never but you, like a but middle. You don't sympathize with them really. And yeah. with him, I sympathized with them. I totally. It's just like you. You very instantly. You even saw like the the signs around his room. Mm-hmm. You know, like and the statistics he pulls out, and like he's just he's charming. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, you know his shtick. And he had the Harry Potter glasses before Harry Potter. He he rocked those Harry Potter glasses. I was he, super like, what? I also think he had a slight form of autism. What? I Okay, here's the thing. So he keeps muttering to himself, like, like not good, not good. This is not good. That was totally like Rain Man. I'm pretty what? sure he was mildly autistic. I mean, full disclosure, I've never seen the Rain Man. Well... It's basically the same movie. At one point, Dustin Hoffman gets transported to a world of books. No, he doesn't. And then he meets Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> um, no, but like, well, so I, I, I think, think he's just talking to himself. That's again with his imagination. He's probably got a couple so of friends he has on his shoulder. Other issues? Yeah, maybe. Actually, that could kind of make a lot of sense for this movie. Yeah. He he might have schizophrenia. Um, <laughs> maybe the treehouse the father's building is to um, chain him up. On the bad days. I mean, he had a very rich imagination. I mean, he, he, when his dad, so in the beginning of the film, the reason why he goes to this library is because his dad sends him out to find more nails to, or to purchase more nails to put um, together this treehouse the father's trying to build for him so that he can go outside of the house and actually, you know, be a man. Not necessarily be a man, but just have experiences, have fun, get outside, be a person, be human. Um, so he goes out and what happens is he gets stuck in the rain. So he ends up in this, um, library and throughout the whole thing, he has this very graphic imagination where it, it almost feeds into his fears. And I remember when I was growing up, I was terrified of the dark. 
Growing up, I would sleep with a blanket covering my head with just my eyes sticking out and just enough of a hole to breathe because I was that scared of the dark. So I would scare myself. So I, I very immediately started, I, I related to this character. I am Richard Taylor. So not only were you afraid of the dark, but you your uh, coping mechanism was to suffocate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted everything to end. You wanted the pain to end really quickly. God, your childhood was horrible. <laughs> I didn't go outside either. I hated going outside. You just hated. hoarded like strewed pastry strudels and just like yeah, yeah. like in the bed. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but anyway, so his fear leads him into this library where he meets none other than Mr. Dewey. Christopher Lloyd. Who the hell is Mr. Dewey? Mr. Dewey is the name of the librarian. Oh my god, really? Mr. Dewey. Okay. D-E-W-E-Y. So, oh, for the Dewey Decimal System. Bingo! Oh, okay. Alright, I get it. That's that's very clever. Um, Actually, side note, uh, the amount of like book references uh, oh, in this movie... It. So great. They were super clever with like with tons of things, even like making steps out of books, mountains out of books. We talked about Whoopi Goldberg's, Goldberg's character had like the librarian glasses. Yeah. Just really clever stuff. Well, also it was very well written in, with, the, with the dialogue between the book characters. There were a lot of like little zany and like smart little quips that they would say to each other that were either book references or almost like their own lingo of speaking to each other. But it all had to do with, like, books. It was very interesting how it was written because it flowed. It was natural. It didn't seem forced. Yeah. I want to talk about Christopher Lloyd's character, uh, this Mr. Dewey fellow. Um, <clears throat> here's all I'm going to say. Now, Christopher Lloyd plays two different characters. He plays both the page master in animated form. Basically, like, you know, Dumbledore, if I you totally will, with books. That, yeah. Um, and then he plays Mr. Dewey. Mr. Dewey had a definite rapey vibe to him. Yeah, Mis yeah. Mr. Dewey, I feel like it's the only point in the movie where you kind of are like a little uncomfortable. You're like, I don't, I would like this child to leave this library immediately. Well, because he got physical with him within two seconds. He like grabs him and starts shaking him. And like nobody's in this library. No it's one. pitch dark when yeah. the kid walks in. Totally. Yeah, the lights are off. It's the middle of the day. Yeah. The lights are off. Um, and Mr. Dewey just kind of comes out of nowhere and is, I guess, putting books away. But, like, nobody's here. And the lights are off. It's very strange. Um, I, I thought when it started, I was it was almost a vibe of, like, people forgetting about the library. But I feel like that's more now than it was back then. Because back then, in 94, I remember still as a kid on the weekends for something to do, my mom would take us to the library. And the library was packed, especially with kids, where I was growing up, at least. I don't know about your education. I but... don't think I've ever seen a library <laughs> packed. Oh, this library was packed in West Palm Beach, Florida. That's why. It was probably too hot outside. So I was like, take me to the air conditioning, Mom. And I would go to, like, the fairy tale section and reread Beauty and the Beast again. Um... You know, it's actually funny. It is very much... Because uh, I was thinking, like, would this movie play nowadays? And I don't know if kids go to libraries. I know just, you know, like a few years ago, you had, like, a proposal that libraries be turned into... Um, what was it? It was, like... I don't know. It, it was, I, basically, like, being <clears throat> pulled away from libraries. Uh, uh, so they would just, like, store the book somewhere, and, like, these buildings would be used for something else. What? And, you know, people... Uh, for good reason, were offended by this, you know, and I don't think it ever happened. 
at least in New York State. I don't know what's happening where you oh, it's are. A, it's like a staple of education. It's and and like. It's not really that. It's like it is a almost like museum of our culture and imagination. That too. You know, yeah. libraries will always be a special place. I'll admit, like I didn't read that much when I was a kid. Harry Potter was the book to get me back into it when I was like twelve. Um, but I didn't frequent the library all that much. Mm. But even as an ignorant kid, I still viewed libraries in a very special way. Yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I, I always went to the library. We would check out books and movies all the time. What I didn't want out of my library was a rapey librarian. That was a bit much. And I never saw, actually, you know what's funny? I've n- I never I never saw a, a male librarian. Growing up, I, all my librarians were women. Yeah. Whether they were young or old, they were always women. Now that I'm older and I go to like to like uh, the library, the performing arts library at Lincoln Center, you have men and women. It's like kind of equal. <laughs> we live in New York, guys. And Wasi. <laughs> Lincoln Center. You know have me. You, have you been to Lincoln Center? No. Come to New York. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, no, I just I don't ever remember seeing male librarians back then, at least here or in West Palm Beach growing up. So it was interesting that they chose him to do that, and then it turns out that he's a little bit creepy. You know, in a way though, I have to say, bringing it back to Wizard of Oz, the wizard in the beginning when he's the traveling salesman, I think, right? He was a salesman. He had a creepy vibe. He, like, invites her into his trailer. They're one-on-one. And he's, like, in a dark room with her. No, actually, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. He's the opposite. Because Dorothy is like, oh, you know, take me away with you. I'll join you. And he actually convinces her to go back to Auntie M. Really? Don't misrepresent that guy. Yeah, I swear to God. Okay, I'm gonna have to look. Yeah, he's actually a good dude. I take it back. You should. You should feel bad about yourself. They're both total rapey. Um, well, uh, so he ends up uh, so he's in this getting library. away from the guy. He gets away from this guy because now he's looking to go home. So he's trying to get to the exit sign, which for some reason the exit out of the library is on the other wait, 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 side wait, wait, of on, the building. Hold on, He's not immediately trying to get to the exit sign. What's he doing? We, well, we're still talking about live action stuff. So, because that's when the animated stuff happens. All of a sudden, he has to get back to the On the way line. to it, when he's walking through. Well, no, he first he tries to find a phone. He's got to find oh, the phone first to call, his, call his, parents. his parents. Yeah. Um, here's my only other thing about the live action stuff, because we haven't gotten into the, the cartoon stuff yet. Um, the live action stuff is, is super fun. Um, you know how usually in movies like this, like, you kind of are just waiting to get to, like, the meat of the movie, which is always the animated part? Yeah. This isn't the case with this movie. No, but uh, it's also not too long. Like it's not too long. I, my first one of my first notes was in the opening scene with the bedroom. The parents they imi- they immediately established Macaulay Culkin's character before you even see him. Totally. Um, but like my whole point is, it's it is still really nice to watch. It's it's like almost like the live action stuff in itself is a great movie. You could see, like, a whole movie of, like, just this kid navigating his, you know, terrifying world in the real world, and it would still be, like, a quality movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. I just, I think that's an amazing yeah. feat. They, oh, and that live-action stuff uh, you told me was directed by Joe Johnston. Correct. Who directed uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, and The Rocketeer? The Rocketeer, and I, and I got more. Wait for it. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park 3. Oh no! October Sky. Oh. And Jumanji. Oh, ooh! 
Ooh. Doesn't it make sense now? Um, yeah, kind of. I mean, not every movie on that list makes sense, but uh, Jumanji, definitely. And he definitely works with a lot of kids. Yeah. You know what? That That's actually, this was, I bet, a treat for Joe yeah. Johnston to work with the famed yeah. Mac Attack Macaulay Culkin. And, and leading, so finishing with the live action, it goes into the animation, and the animation is actually directed by, and I'm totally going to murder his name, it's P-I-X-O-T-E. Pixote? Picote? Something like that, last name Hunt. He actually directed Black Cauldron, Fantasia 2000, and Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, I don't think you can have a first name that's uh, P. Pihote. Isn't that how you pronounce it? If it's an X, is an Pihote? H, I think. Pihote and then Hunt. What'd you call me? <laughs> ah, you see that? <laughs> so, things get animated as animated by Pihote Hunt, which is a beautiful sequence. So oh, in, with like the CGI, the like very early 90s Very CGI. early CGI, but let me just say, my favorite thing about it, and you, if you're really watching it, you can catch it happening. If not, if you're just kind of watching it like overall and you're not looking for detail, I was looking for detail, and as this, so what happens is he goes, he's running for, or he's he's going towards the phone. He ends up looking at a mural which is above him. And as he's looking at this mural, the water that's on his rain jacket drops to the floor, and so he slips. He knocks his head, and he falls flat on the ground. Well, when this happens, all of a sudden, seconds later, he gets up, and as he's getting up, the painting above his head starts to drip paint. And from that, it starts to create this flow of, uh, of color that starts following him and chasing him throughout the entire library. So it's flooding the library. Now, the coolest thing is, is that as this wave of color is flying through this library it's painting all the library shelves and as it's passing a shelf if you look closely the live action is turning into animation already i don't know if you noticed that i think i did because you said oh it's turning everything into animation yeah you're welcome <laughs> so so that's what got me and immediately i was like i was literally being transported yeah well done anim animators like i was literally being transported side note you remember the show animorphs which you kind of just mentioned. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we should totally go over that as well. That's yeah. a weird show. I could be okay without that one. <laughs> um, we'll review the books. We'll turn this into a, a, a book club kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, that sequence was great, and then it kind of just gets you right into the animated stuff, which is, I mean, immediately, again, the animation is, is just really good. It's really strong, even though I'm sure they didn't have, like, a full, uh, as incredible a budget as, say, Disney would. Um, oh, it's very classic animation you know i miss animation like this you you don't ever see it. it we have you know like beautiful pixar movies i'm not saying anything against that but like there is something so special about hand-drawn animation it's very much in a weird way like hits you the same way that like uh, practical puppeteering does mm -hmm. it can't be it's i don't think it can be beat um, we don't live in that time anymore. Uh, I think that, you know, kids nowadays might have an issue watching, watching, excuse me, I'm, I'm very burpy right now. It's disgusting. Um, uh, I'm just, I'm getting emotional, <laughs> it's causing gas. It's making me choke. Uh, but the animation is immediately charming. I find, I, I feel that hand-drawn informa information, <laughs> animation has more emotion to it. It's almost as if you can feel the emotion from the artist, from listening to the voice actors going into the artwork. Because, <clears throat> I mean, this animation took 
more than three years to do. And it's hand-drawn and then transferred to cells, what they had back then, translucent sheets, which they had to paint over and over and over on one sheet just to create a three-dimensional character, wow, which just... then they also layered over as they would make the film. You're just a wealth of knowledge today. Oh, I love that movie. You, yeah, your research was was spot on. Today. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so we get right into this world, uh, and pretty quickly he meets... Um, his first book adventure. Now, I want to say something uh, about like how this movie kind of is, and you know, um, kind of his progression while he's going through his trials, if you will. Um, everyone's trying to kill him. Everyone's trying to murder this kid. Like it's either him this, or his friends. Well, no, pretty much him. I feel like if the books <clears> left <throat> him, uh, this kid would have died immediately. Uh, that would have been a good tactic for the books. But uh, even Adventure, so like he first meets Adventure and... Who is voiced by? Patrick Stewart. Again, great voice cast. Um, Engage. Pulls out a ladder, needs to like go up, climb up the bookcase. That's totally fine. And Richard Tyler immediately is like, well, I'm, I'm scared of heights. And Adventure's like, oh, I know what to do. And he tries to drown the kid. Right. That's, that's his first tactic. He opens a book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and then all of a sudden he tries to drown the kid. Like, that happens. If we go back to the treehouse, the, the father's trying to get this kid into this unfinished treehouse. He's trying to kill him that way. That's a ladder. Um, uh, so the first thing is technically, uh, like, almost a parallel to the ladder to the treehouse. Oh, sure. I'm just saying everyone's trying to kill this kid. I don't think anyone really likes this kid. I mean, what? their books... Here's the thing. Okay, I don't think the parents really like the kid. He's... I can't even imagine how annoying it would be to live with this kid. Like, you're just enjoying, like, a nice meal, you know, and the kid's like, oh, the cholesterol on that's going to kill you really quickly. Oh, he's Debbie Downer. He's Debbie Downer. Yeah. You know? Can you... How long would you be able to live with a kid like that? I don't know. They've definitely had a few moments where, like, the mother is standing above the kid with a pillow, being like, is tonight the night? Tonight's not the night. Maybe soon. Um, but this kind of is the same thing with his book friends who, in reality, they're just trying to use him to well, get out of the library. Exactly, yeah. They want to be checked out. So right before the animation starts, uh, Christopher Lloyd actually gives him a library card, forcibly, really. And so this library card is their key throughout the entire movie for these books to go. So that's why they're helping him. Yeah, they uh, are trapped in the library. Apparently, um, being trapped in a library is uh, like a mental institution four books and all they want to do is get out uh, probably because their only person that they can interact with is mr dewey who i don't even want to imagine what he has on his hands all the oh, time and he's just like touching these books and caressing them he's I, dusting them off he's dusting them with semen what? probably um oh man they probably have sticky pages <laughs> anyways so he meets adventure and then through meeting adventure he stumbles upon Fantasy, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg in the most sassiest, funniest way I've ever seen a fairy godmother. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg is doing Whoopi Goldberg. You know, let's, let's be but honest. It's the best Whoopi Goldberg. Well, it's the only Whoopi Goldberg. I mean, that Whoopi Goldberg is the same as when she was the hyena. Mm, Whoop, look, I don't know all about credit, that. All credit to Whoopi Goldberg, but she is Whoopi Goldberg. True, but she is always Whoopi Goldberg. I think the hyena in The Lion King is more mean. Oh, except maybe Color Purple. I've never seen it, but I'm going to imagine she's not Whoopi Goldberg in The Color Purple. She's definitely not. Okay, I, I would assume. But, you know, and she's they cast her to be Whoopi Goldberg, while Patrick Stewart... I remember watching this as a kid, 
And I didn't know that was Patrick Stewart. No, he's and definitely I, doing a voice. Yeah, and I was aware of Patrick Stewart, but I did not know this was Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Um, it kind of sounds like um, uh, John Rice davies you know, Gimli. A little bit. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of that weird um, little gray zone of, like, it's either Patrick Stewart, John Rice davies or I feel like there's Sean Connery. Like, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Because his voice is much deeper and more gritty. Yeah. So you can't really place it. Like, if I hadn't seen beforehand somehow online that he was the the adventure character, which is a pirate book, essentially, mm-hmm. um, a book that's dressed as a pirate, then I wouldn't have known that it was Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. So uh, from there, they travel to the horror section of the library, and they run into the little book called Horror, which is a Igor Quasimodo-like character who ironically enough is scared of himself which i absolutely love that idea i thought it was very sweet because in a way that related to the to the young boy richard tyler as well because he's scared of what he can do just as much as the horror character is scared of what he could do he doesn't realize that he's scary which is really sweet in and of itself so we've met the three books mm-hmm. we have our our little core group <laughs> assembled um the first uh section that we get to um or genre because this movie is kind of um broken apart in this area by three genres uh horror first then adventure then fantasy uh i'm gonna say this much the horror section of this movie is amazing it's really beautiful um the they play with colors they go from like you know these greens and these purples um when they meet mr hyde and he turns into mr hyde Mm -hmm. they go into this like violent red which they use again for ahab later on but the horror section and it's funny because like rewatching this movie especially uh, i i got back into like a weird mindset of how i was when i first watched it Mm -hmm. i remember this being my favorite section of the movie that makes sense it is so it's exciting the design for um uh, uh dr jekyll um and then how he what they did with mr hyde design like it's just it's impactful I'll yeah. say that much. Yeah. Um, also, we want to talk about voice <clears throat> casting. That was Leonard Nimoy. Um, yes. And just like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is like just assuming too much, but it's almost like when the actors read this script, how they're they're getting into it, really letting themselves get into it. These were all very high profile actors by this point. You can almost feel like they really were passionate about this movie mm-hmm. and like in what it was trying to do. And I think it makes the movie that much stronger, um, especially when you have, you know, like Macaulay Culkin's leading it. He's a kid, regardless of, you know, like how much experience he had. He's still a kid. Mm-hmm. They really made it a point to support this guy and just make sure that the outcome was uh, just really a great movie. Um, anyway, the horror stuff. Is phenomenal. Yeah, um, it's my personal favorite part. Um, pacing wise, just to go into pacing. A I little thought bit, pacing was good. I thought the pacing was really good overall. If I have like one critique, what? Um, the adventure section lasts a little too long. Yeah, I, here's my issue with that. I think the reason why it felt long and almost like it's already been done was because when we meet the pirate, he gives you all the pirate you need, 
in the first few minutes you meet him. Yeah. They have the octopus coming out of the book from Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. It's chasing them. The water is gushing out and he does this ahoy and he's swinging across. Like he does this whole pirate thing already. They've already given us what he's selling. It's so As strong. Of the other ones are saying hi and then you're seeing their magic or their, their characters a little later. So they gave him away too it, soon. It's actually even kind of interesting because you talk about like adventure as a genre and I mean there's got to be more than just like pirate stories, yeah. right? So uh, that's why... true. Why did they do a pirate within a pirate when they could have done a pirate in I don't know, like a war scene, like World War Two, or oh, 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 that's oh. a little bit much. I mean, it, well, but but it's it's but it kind of been... the same, yeah. You know, same idea. Like you know, there's more to do than just like keep it in pirate mode. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or cowboys and Indians. Yeah, actually, totally. You know, um, and then having a pirate would be kind of funny. Yeah, you know, you, you know? can uh, have him uh, be a little bit disconnected, um, but yeah. You, that's my only issue. It lasts a little bit long, but we do get introduced to, and I want to point this up. I don't know if this was your reaction as well. The gayest pirates in any movie. Oh my God. They kind of looked like they were um, half dragged, like they were trying to get ready for a club, but then they forgot to put on their face. Everyone has like a midriff. They've got like, like a shoulder exposed. Yeah. They, they are in there. Like they're so camp. That it it is and oh, no judgment, guys. But like, they are truly when they were designing them, being like, let's just make them campy, stereotypical gays in pirate mode. In pirate mode, you even have like representations of kind of you know the different like subsets of gays. You know, like bears and uh, and, and twinks and all of that. There's like there's a straight up bear. I think silver fox or silver wolf is one of them. I don't know that term. Uh, I think he's, you know, like a little bit older guy, <laughs> but he's Cooper. like, but he's buff. That's the guy who's on the in the crow's nest. Oh ass, yeah, that yeah. guy. Um, you've got uh, some twinks. I mean, I like, think the animators were having real fun with that one. You even have uh, Adventure of the Book getting turned into a drag queen at one point. Oh yeah, this is yeah that whole thing. I, yeah, I didn't I, realize that. I did not pick up on this when I was a kid, but they are, wow, they are a colorful crew. Yeah. So then this leads into fantasy. And that was oh, some... Nothing else about the pirates? <laughs> I'm just trying to move this along. Oh, all right. Because you, you liked horror, right? I liked horror. My favorite part was fantasy. Okay. So we're we're over adventure, apparently. That's how long it lasted for. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's, what's going on with fantasy? Well, no. Fantasy, for myself, it was very beautiful and very much what I grew up with. It definitely... if if Now that I know that it was directed by the man who did Fantasia 2000... It very clearly, in the very opening sequence, they have these little fairies that dance on his hand, on Richard Tyler's hand, and it's very Fantasia-like. Oh, we're going into the song. Our favorite part. Okay. Are when you this, ready for this? So, the song, uh, again, another, I, I love this movie, but, the, you know, there are a few little things here and there. The song shows up, like, out of nowhere. So, you have, so, by the way, because this is the 90s, so every movie had a song. Well, this one had two. They had one called Whatever You Imagine, which plays during the fantasy scene. And it's like, imagine. Blah, 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 blah. Were you playing the song and singing to it? Uh, sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then there was a duet that they released afterwards, which was like the music video that would sell this movie. But imagine plays when they enter fantasy land. Could you imagine if they did a song for each land? Like, what would the horror one be? Like, Kiss? Well, I think this was uh, pretty obviously just like a cash grab to get like a song on the charts somewhere. Oh, yeah. Everyone did that. Titanic had one. Totally. It just, it didn't, 
It's a nice little sequence. The, it's not necessary. It's cheesy. It, it's, it's, it's cheesy. It's pretty obvious that they were just like, oh, we need a song. Yeah. Uh, okay. Whoa. But doesn't that make you feel? It made... <laughs> it made me laugh. A little bit, yeah. It makes you laugh out loud in embarrassment. Because it comes out of nowhere. But you gotta think, it was 94? Like yeah. You, you would probably watch it and go... Aww. No, this movie... <laughs> well, you're a Nickelodeon kid. No, I'm a Disney kid. Not even. I just think, like, this movie establishes a really good pace and, you know, kind of like a structure, and then all of a sudden, this just comes out of nowhere. True. And that's my only True. point. It's like, this is not a this is not a movie with, you know, a song somewhere in it. Just put that in the credits. You've already dealt with, like, a whole theme of, like, imagination yeah. and, you know, conquering your fears. Like, oh, it's definitely an end of credits song. Yeah, just put yeah. it in, in end of credits. And, like, you could have, like, Whitney Houston singing it. You know, it's like, just do that. Yeah. You don't really need anything else. So beyond that song, as they're traveling through fantasy, we finally see, because the whole time this is very much Wizard of Oz, you finally see them walk down a yellow brick road. A literal physical yellow brick road you were so excited by that yellow brick road because i was like oh they're totally they're admitting to the fact that they that's what it is cm was like oh oh yellow brick road i'm like, sorry oh. i'm a sucker for like okay. for like um what do you call it what would you call like um like nods to things like in any like movie. references references i mean it's I love almost like references. an easter egg yeah I, for me this was like disney or fantasy like book because even in, for instance, in horror, when they go into horror, you can see in the background there's a book that says The Shining on it. Yeah. Like, there's all these little, like, nuggets in there that you're like, oh, 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 that too. Yeah. You know, you they're could, everywhere. This is like, uh, it's almost like a less obnoxious um, Ready Player One, you know? Yeah. Where it's yeah. kind of like yeah. you watch Ready Player One and you're just, yeah. you know, like, staring all over the screen, just being like, oh, I guess that's the purpose of this movie, just to see things. Yeah. This, it's like more of just like a, you know, little notes here and there, mm -hmm. which really just like is a nice detail, but not taking over the movie. Um, so what happens next? What does happen next? I mean, they get to Fantasy World, the he dragon. fights a dragon, which is, you know, kind of standard. It's, it's like, standard okay, dragon. It's fine. total standard dragon. Um, but and here's, then, the, here's the thing. So just as they're about to fight, the pirate adventure and the fairy fantasy like admit that there's this like love hate thing going on so he kisses her in this movie in this movie as if like, <laughs> as we haven't been talking about it he kisses her and she kind of brushes him off but she kicks him out of this cave that they're hiding in from the dragon and as she's coming out she picks up her panties okay here's the cool thing about this movie kids cover your ears Here's the cool thing. <laughs> we talk about, you know, whether you should revisit the movie or just, like, not touch it at all. The cool thing about this movie is this is one of those special few that where when you revisit as an adult, you are baffled by how you didn't notice any of this stuff as there's, a kid. There's a lot of adult jokes that the, that the books tell each other and, like... I mean, yeah. hilarious stuff. And I don't know if a lot of this was improvised or if it was written. If it was written, all power to those writers, man. They yeah. had the guts to just put this stuff in. To see if anyone caught it. But yeah. this moment especially is, like, the definition of, of the adult humor in this movie. This book, Fantasy, walks out and actually picks up her panties which have dropped the pirate is such a suave motherfucker that he got her panties to drop 
<laughs> I loved this moment so much. Uh, also, can I just say that the kiss was unwarranted? So I just rewatched it this morning, that scene. And she literally, all she did was compliment him on how, like, courageous he was and that compliment was a yes please kiss me so he totally advanced on her with zero permission yeah, she was into it come she, on she was into she it she was but she was not ready well you know that sometimes passion strikes and you're about uh, to die they're trapped in a corner from a dragon that's true that's you know true. And, and he's ready to sacrifice himself yeah and then she kicks him out what she's like go save us yeah um, uh, the humor is, is fantastic. Uh, skipping ahead, guys, totally revisit this movie. Yeah, If nothing else, like, you, you will laugh. The humor yeah. is great. The humor is great. The message is super strong. The effects are great for the time it was. And there's a lot, a lot of heart. There's, yeah, there's, uh, these characters are, um, are super charming. Yeah. Um, just to kind of finish the movie off, uh, uh, then he gets, uh, he, he comes back for his friends, he tries to fight the dragon, he gets swallowed whole, he has kind of like a, a Job moment where he's in the belly of the beast, um, ends up getting out, saves his friends. Is Job? Yeah, you know, Job and the whale. That's funny. You thought biblical, I thought Pinocchio. Oh, I think Pinocchio was off of Job as well. Yeah. 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 So in the end, we I both got to sense. the same place. Yeah. Um, and then he gets back to the real world, uh, and you see the character progression. He ends up, uh, not scared to live. So that's the whole movie in general. Um, now I have a question for you at the end. So he ends up like the whole purpose of the book's purpose is that they want to get out of the library. Right. Yes. And he ends up like able to take out three books. There's a nice little moment where he's like, he's only able to take two, but he's like, Oh, but I was, I made a promise. And Christopher Lloyd in his creepy rapey way is like, that's fine. You owe me. Don't even worry about it. We'll talk um, about the favor that you owe me later. That's the sequel. Um, he has to return these books at some point. Oh, he, he runs away with them. He, like, runs away with them, but, like, this is how a library works, guys. If you've never been to a library before, you borrow books, but then you return them. I'm sorry. Growing up, I definitely kept some books. That's that's a federal offense. I definitely, as a child, kept some books. Why would you put that on tape? Well, because it was by accident, ladies and gentlemen. You, you're... <laughs> the, the feds are going to come. They're going to invade this podcast. I'm going to find a new host. For my books from 1994. Yeah. I don't even know where they are now. Oh, my God. Yeah, the interest on, on the penalty is going to be massive. Oh, my God. They would get so much. You're going to... No, I'm talking about, like, 20 years. Is 20 years worth of, what, 10 cents a day or something I'm back talking then? talking about 20 years in prison. Please. Imagine. Imagine you're in prison. <laughs> don't drop the soap. Oh, my um, God. Anyway... He has to return these books. So he has to do one of two things, okay? One, he keeps taking the same books out for his entire life. Mm -hmm. uh, and he goes deeper and deeper into his psychosis. Or he ends up uh, cutting the ties and making new friends and leaving his other friends behind. Hmm. That is the only... The only two ways that this movie can end. Or he steals the books like you did because you were an asshole little kid. Yeah, there's a. It's kind of open ended because your hope would be that he, these books teach him to be more brave. So he goes out there and makes his own friends. You know, almost like it needs a scene at the end. Not saying that it would make it any better because the film is really great as it is. Period. But it almost seems like to really cap it at the very end. If they had a little scene where he goes out and 
um, he's returning the books reluctantly, saying goodbye like he would have in The Wizard of Oz. He says goodbye to them, and they go back to the library saying basically he can always come back and see them. And then as he's leaving the library, he makes friends with some other kids that are leaving the library. That would be like, you know, really capping it. Yeah, but they didn't do that. That's not the reality of the movie. Well, I'm just saying. No, but that that my point is, like, he has one of two outcomes. He either stole them, or... Or he keeps having to borrow them over and over again. There's a lot of visits. Yeah. Him and Dewey are going to be, like, best mates. But, like, oh, I don't wish that for Richard Tyler. I don't wish that for him at all. <laughs> Every time you say the name Richard Tyler, I think of, uh, like, a British actor. I kind of think of Steven Tyler. What if Steven, remember, oh, no. you know, from Aerosmith? What if Steven Tyler played this role? Ah! Oh, that would be awesome. No, like, now, current Steven Tyler. Like, he played the librarian? No, he played the kid. That would be weird. So, like, looks like, you know, your East Village grandma. Not enough Botox in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically, like, uh, all of my little things from the movie. Did you have anything else you want to bring up? Well, I think it's time for Wicked Time! <laughs> Just a few fun facts. Oh, God. I actually had no idea what you were referring to. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we're going to try something out here. We're going to start doing little fun facts near the end here, just so you have, like, a little background, a little fun tidbits that you may have not realized watching or knowing it or knew that was happening behind the scenes. So, like, as we said, it was all drawn animation. We talked about who the directors were. We said it was, like, three years to make. Now, here's something fun to know. When the VHS originally released, it had the first trailer of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers motion picture. Uh, I always forget. Is the first one the one where they do the um, the air surfing? Like they're they're parachuting out of a plane and they do the air Keep surfing? Keep on driving. Dun, 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 Was that the song? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I, I had that on VHS. Yes, oh, that is the God. song. Um, yeah, they're jumping out of a plane surfing the air. But that... Is that that might be the second one they made, because I, I, I no. we have to double check this. And the first one is also with um uh, uh Ivan Ooze. Oh man, yeah, it's the first news. one. Yeah, so that was that one. Um, we mentioned about Dewey Decimal System as Christopher Lloyd's character. Then I come to find out that there was a freaking video game. Yeah. A video game on multiple platforms. You had a Sega game, you had a Super Nintendo, Game Boy, and a PC version of this stuff. The Sega game wasn't amazing from what I remember. It was it was kind of like just a very standard 2D scroller. Yeah, yeah, um, it was a scroller. You know, and like there were so many of those. I think yeah. the best one to come out of like all these types of games was probably like Aladdin. Aladdin was... Or Lion King. No, Lion King. Okay, Lion King was another Lion scroller, King. but it was a lot. Of Lion fun. King was way too hard. And that's why I liked it. I played it a lot growing up. Well, how far did you ever get? You probably got to like the the stage where he has to ride the ostrich, and you died every time. Yeah. Yeah, every time. It, it's that is not a good game. It's very hard. The yeah. first level is fine, and then it gets horrible. Aladdin, you can actually play through. Yeah. Page Master is not. It was forgettable. It was yeah. along the same lines as like Lion King. Yeah, so then my last little tidbit, and this is for all my Star Trek-y nerds out there. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And so while watching it, I was I had to clean my panties a little bit because I realized that... they had dropped. They, they were so dropped. filled with cum. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Imagine. I realized Fantasy, who is played by Whoopi Goldberg, and Adventure, who's played by Sir Patrick Stewart, 
they both actually were the only books, the two two book, two out of the three that recorded their voiceovers together. So you had Gaina and you had Captain Picard doing their work together. Then coming to find out, so you had those two. You had Sir Patrick Stewart and you had Whoopi Goldberg. Then you had Leonard Nimoy, who's Spock, and then you have Robert Picardo, who actually is the um, holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager. Christopher Lloyd played a Klingon. In the in the in Star Trek search um the search for Spock, and then Ed Begley Jr. was in Star Trek Voyager. There's so much Star Trek in this movie. I almost maybe I did come in my panties. Was Macaulay Culkin never in anything Star Trek related? Hold, <laughs> don't you don't have to, you don't have to look that up. I have to know. I'm guessing not. Is if, if it's not, not on there? No. Um. Uh. Ed Begley Jr. He's also uh, super passionate about the environment now. Good for him. Good for him. Oh, Ed Begley Jr. is the father in the movie, by the way, in case you guys don't know that name. Who was um, uh, Robert Picardo? Because I, I know who you're talking about, but was he just like a random voice? He was a pirate. Okay. He, yeah, he was the, 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 what's his name? Captain, not, who's the one that kidnaps for Treasure Island? Oh, Captain Fabulous. Captain yeah. Fabulous. Who leads the parade. Yeah, he, he was that voice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Leonard Nimoy Long John was Jacqueline Hyde. Long John Silver, yeah. who you're looking for. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what that was. But, um, so that's my, that's my wiki time. That's my fun facts. Cool. So, how are we going to wrap this mother up? Well, first and foremost, let's just officially establish it. We need to decide if we are rebooting this or resting in peace. Um, do resting you in if, peace do you, has a negative connotation. Do you mind if I start this off? Because yes. I, I know already, immediate, like, as soon as this movie ended, I knew what they should do. Okay. One of the rare few. Don't touch it. Don't reboot it. Don't rest in peace. This movie still holds up. If you are, uh, if you remember from your childhood, honestly, rewatch it. It's super enjoyable. It's not that long. It's 80 minutes. Um, if you have kids, show this to your kids. Uh, th- there is something, whenever I meet uh, a parent and like they're still very passionate about reading to their kids or, you know, just making sure like books are in their life somewhere, th- you can't, you can't overwrite that with a phone or games or anything this movie is special i forgot how special it is are you gonna cry i i i I didn't cry you cried at the end of the movie (laughs) but like i cannot say it enough revisit the movie if you have kids revisit it with your kids um buy it on blu-ray i'm sure the animation on blu-ray looks wonderful I kind of want to buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah. So um, this is this is hard for me to admit, but I, I agree. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I I even told him immediately after. I was like, I might actually rewatch this before we record, and I did go through and watch a couple of scenes again because I really did like the movie, and I don't want to see a reboot of it. I don't want to, other than doing like a remastered HD Blu-ray, whatever you want to do version of it for DVD, I don't want them to touch it. You know, I don't think in this day and age with this um, this technology that it would add anything to it other than more action, which you have plenty of in, in that movie. I think part of the magic of that is the drawn animation. And when you take that away, then it's done because the first thing the page master says to to Richard, Ty- uh, Richard Tyler is when he becomes a cartoon in the film, he goes, I'm a cartoon. And immediately the page master actually corrects him and says, you're an illustration. 
So if you take that element away, you don't have a movie anymore. So I would I wouldn't want them to ever touch that. Yeah. Um, even you talk about like, I, I think you could make the argument for a sequel. You, especially in the world that we live in nowadays, you know, still talking about like, you know, how often we are on our phones and electronic devices. As long as Macaulay Culkin was part of it, that would be one. Cool. Um, because he's having like a great little resurgence right now. He also has a podcast. Um, I think he was inspired by us. Probably not. <laughs> um, but I think you could actually make the argument for this specific movie for a sequel. Um, Christopher Lloyd could probably come back for it as well. Absolutely. Um, God, you know what? You get the whole cast. I think everyone's still alive. The, everyone uh, but... Frank Welker. And Leonard Nimoy. Oh, and Leonard Nimoy. But you wouldn't need to revisit that book again. You would need things or books that kids now are reading, I think. Yeah, well, you know, I think... Whole, I mean, those are classics, but... And they're archetypes, you know, yeah. like in basic genres. Um, or they might actually do, like, too much of, like, you know, the young adult novel and, and stuff like that. In a way, I kind of would hope for, like, the inside-out treatment for a possible sequel. You know, something that is still very pure. Yeah, um, yeah. I get that director and, like, whoever wrote that movie. Okay. Like, get them to take a, you know, put a spin on it. See what happens. Um, I'd, be, I'd be cool with that. Uh, but, anything else? Or are we, uh, are we about done with the Page Master? I think I'm done, but I'm going to go rewatch it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, guys, that was it. Uh, that was uh, us revisiting the Page Master. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you can, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out. We're... If you can, subscribe, damn it. Subscribe. Subscribe, we're desperate. You just press the damn button. Um, uh, it really helps us out. We're a new podcast. We could use the support. Um, give us some comments. Uh, we'd Show love us to some hear. Love. Uh, love comments. Um, we're cool with some, you know, some critiques as well. I'm, I'm not saying anything against Constructive. that. Constructive. Constructive criticism. Share some fun facts you found out. Yeah, totally. Things you know that we don't know. Do you happen to have a toy still? If any of you still have any merchandise from this i have to see a picture did this movie get you to read more as a kid uh it didn't oh, for me but maybe it did for you or was... to visit your library fair enough you know um anyway uh subscribe um follow us on twitter and instagram it is the same uh uh name uh it's our name revisit the letter n ruin yes yes um, and you can email us at revisitnruin at gmail.com. Yes, you can. Uh, CM, thank you for watching The Page Master and talking to me about it. Max, thank you for uh, being you. And um, yeah. Wow, that was super hard. <laughs> <laughs> guys, Thanks for being a great friend and watching it. Okay. Uh, guys, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.